Hello there, Aaron Cloutier here, and welcome to episode number three of the Song Ranting Podcast, where I take listener questions from social media, my email list, and anywhere else I can find in the world, and do my best to answer any songwriting-related topics. So we talk about lyrics, we talk about writing melodies, understanding chord progressions, music theory, and in this episode, we're touching on the subject of recording. Uh, this is actually part two of a two-part series where I got a really great question and it asked basically, what can I do to manage nerves when I'm in the recording studio? So this is something I relate to big time. And if you happen to be new to the whole recording process and you're still learning how to write songs and you're struggling with like getting even started or, or finishing songs, I wanna point you to a checklist that I put together. It's just a few simple steps that I always like to reference if I ever get stuck on this and it just helps to kind of get the creative gears running. If you are watching on YouTube, you can download that at the link in the description below. And if you are listening on iTunes, you can go to fastermusiccreation.mykajabi.com slash podcast. Highly recommend you grab that, it's free and it serves as a companion to this whole discussion that I'm having with myself and hopefully with you if you're watching. So anyway, let's talk about how to get into that mindset that will help you get past red light fever, as I like to call it. So in episode two, I was talking about everything that related to recording vocals in the studio, right? And that requires a very specific skill set and mindset because, you know, there's a whole different kind of psychology to singing than uh, what you would do if you were playing guitar. I started on guitar, that was my first instrument, and you know, it's just a completely different mindset. It's not nearly as much of a physical instrument as, as singing is. There is some physicality to it and whatnot, but it's just a whole different mindset. So some of the things that I talk about today are gonna be a repeat of what I said in episode two, but there's a few new things I wanted to bring up too as far as strategies that you can implement with getting good guitar takes. So let us begin. All right, so let me just start by saying that recording is, in my opinion, essential to develop as a musician, as a songwriter, uh, as a player. Growing up, when I was, you know, playing with bands or just jamming through a, a real amp, <laughs> as opposed to like, you know, a software instrument or anything like that, like I usually do these days, um, I would have this impression that I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty tight when I'm playing through an amp and I'm pretty tight when I'm playing with these people and whatnot. But then when I started getting into recording, I just noticed that I wasn't as tight as I thought I was. You know, I would I would see, you know, the waveform in the DAW and I would see a visual representation of like, oh, wow, I'm actually playing ahead of the beat or I'm a little bit behind or, you know, the notes that I'm trying to hit like with the same intensity aren't as loud as everything else. So it really forced me to kind of, you know, turn the mirror on myself, so to speak, and just kind of get a really clear and accurate look of where I was at. And it's, you know, humbling <laughs> and painful, but uh, it's really, really important. And um, it's a great motivator to help you to improve and a great tool to help you just kind of zero in and analyze the spots in your playing that could use some improvement. And uh, it's definitely made me a better player over the years. I, I definitely obsess <laughs> over being as tight as I possibly can when I'm playing things like metal and whatnot. 
And I'm a perfectionist by nature, so I wrestle with that as well. And uh, I'm gonna get into perfectionism in a little bit, but I want to offer a few things that you can consider when you are going to go record. So starting with the most obvious one, we're gonna be talking about preparation. Okay, so prepare, 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 right? Prepare relentlessly. Um, this was something that I had to learn the hard way, you know? I was uh, a little too cocky for my own good when it came to some of the things I was trying to play. And um, even though this might sound like really obvious to some of you out there, I'm gonna be talking about uh, preparation from the perspective of a songwriter, okay? So what I mean by that is, you know, if you have written something, right, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know it when you go into the, the, the studio to record. Um, and like I said, I learned this the hard way. I remember when I was working on my second solo album and um, I'd spent a lot of time writing the songs. So I had this illusion that, you know, I knew exactly what to play. And, you know, for a while when I was demoing and, and you know, a lot of the times I'd be recording in headphones which can be actually a great way to internalize you know if it's a riff or anything like that and because of that you know i had this sense of like overconfidence about like yeah i know it i know it and as a result i didn't practice nearly as much as i should have before i went into the studio to record and as a result you know my performances suffered and you know i wound up recording a lot of parts that made me cringe after i heard things on upon playback you know and it just forced me to go back and re-record things the right way and it just it was a very painful and frustrating experience and it was 100% on me it was all my fault so however you like to prepare you know and that includes doing your you know your finger exercises right your your John Petrucci rock discipline hand stretches all that sort of those are great um you know, you're picking exercises to doing similar things like I was talking about in episode two with just like stretching, yoga, anything like that. Things to stay limber and loose. It helps so much. Um, honestly, speaking of Petrucci's Rock Discipline, I highly recommend checking out that DVD if you can find a DVD player. I'm sure it's online somewhere at this point, but a lot of great practical exercises, everything from just like, you know, warming up the tissues like, you know, massaging your forearms, your palms, warming up the fingers, like stimulating blood flow to all of the, the phalanges, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then it goes from that to, you know, more straightforward, like just, you know, here's picking exercise number one, and then here's hand stretches, and then it gets really crazy. So I highly recommend looking into that if um, you're looking to increase your, your technical ability for sure. But I digress. See, it's ranting. Aside from any of the physical aspects, it's just about, you know, knowing the material, right? It, just like a live scenario, your nervous system is gonna let you know how much you've practiced the material. Like as soon as you hit go on the stage, right? It's gonna let you know, adrenaline's gonna hit, the audience is gonna be there, and it's gonna be like the state of like, okay, Let's see what I remember, right? It's the same thing when you go into the recording studio. And yes, you have the benefit of doing, you know, another take, another take, another take if you want to, but the more takes that you do in the studio, the more you start to kind of get into this 
frustrated state, right? It kind of creates this negative momentum because, you know, you're not quite getting it. You're not quite getting it. And it just, you know, you start to associate recording guitars with being a drag. And um, for a lot of us, it is, right? It, it certainly was for me starting out. Uh, fortunately, I picked up some things along the way that are helpful, which I'm going to share in a minute. But I just really want to emphasize the importance of preparing, preparing. Even if you think you know the songs like the back of your hand, prepare anyway, right? You don't necessarily want to be on autopilot when you're in the studio, but you want to be able to just react naturally. You want to be as comfortable as possible, right? So anyway, prepare. So number two, start with the easiest song first when you go in to record. This was an invaluable tip that I picked up because, you know, like anything, when you're going into the studio, it's all about having a, like a productive, focused, you know, positive mindset. You want to be riding this uh, positive momentum when you're in the studio. So if you start with the most challenging song, it's really going to lead to a lot of frustration and potentially create a negative momentum and just, you know set off a chain of events that will probably force you to come back later or you know you'll just have a bad taste in your mouth of the experience so i really recommend that you start with the easiest song first because one you know you'll knock that out really quick two you'll really get into the swing of things and it will be one less thing that you have to think about, right? It's just like, okay, so that song's done and you can move on to the next one. So save the most challenging material for last, right? Plus, depending on how much time that you have in the studio, maybe you're booked out you know, for the entire week and you are really, really comfortable with this first song that's easy to play, you can go in there and knock it out. And then you know, in your downtime, you just keep rehearsing the, the more challenging parts of the song. And granted, everybody tracks differently, right? I'm kind of speaking from the perspective of doing everything in one fell swoop. And I know that's not necessarily the only way to do it. And I certainly don't do it like that for a lot of the things that I record, especially if I'm recording for other clients and whatnot, because I have to turn stuff around really fast. But if I am working on my own music, I want to try to get it um, as close to if I was playing a live show as possible. So if you're like me in that regard, right? Save your hardest song for last and get the easier stuff out of the way. And in the meantime, when you go home or wherever, whatever downtime you have, just keep drilling the certain parts that are the most challenging technically or, or, or whatever and get to it at the very end. Okay, so now I wanna talk about different ways of recording, right? So I mentioned before that I like to try to record everything in one fell swoop or as best as I can uh, when it's my own stuff, right? But that said, I also lean on like loop recording, right? So I wanna talk about loop recording first. Um, if you're not familiar with that term, right? Uh, for example, I use Logic Pro. So what you can do is create what's known as a cycle band in the DAW, so it's this yellow little strip, and what that does is it just loops playback. So if you hit record, it'll just keep recording the same part over and over and over, right? Loop recording. And that's how I started when I was getting into recording and whatnot. And what I discovered about myself over the years is that if I loop the same part and just keep trying to get it right, get it right each time, 
I wound up just having worse and worse sounding takes. And the reason being is one, I would be playing the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. So I would actually start to kind of space out. I would just, you know, my brain would just be like, you know, it would be craving something new or it'd be craving, you know, some kind of variety in the form of, you know, maybe a different thing to play or even just a break, right? So my brain was starting to get overloaded and I was losing focus. The longer I would start looping, the less focused I would be on the music and the more focused I would be on my own playing. So the focus would go back to myself. And if you checked out episode two regarding vocals, it's the same thing where if the, all the attention is on yourself, you're gonna get much more self-conscious, much more tense, and you're kind of taken out of the moment. You're getting more in your own head, right? You're being taken out of that very intuitive process that allows you to you know, perform um, spontaneously, like using that spontaneous creativity that allows you to deliver something that's very emotional and genuine. So I found that I was getting very much in my head I mean, I am prone to get into my own head anyway, just by default, if you haven't noticed. But it was really becoming a problem because I just thought every time I saw like a, a take where I was like, oh God, you know, that's really sloppy or that's really behind or that's really ahead of the beat. I just started to get this idea like, oh wow, I'm really not a good player. <laughs> like I'm way worse than I thought I was. And though, you know, everybody has room for improvement and whatnot. And I certainly do. I actually wasn't as bad as I thought I was because I didn't know how to approach recording in a more, you know, natural organic type of way. Right. And you can record things all the way through, which is ideal because you've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and practiced. But if you are in a situation where you're working for other people, like for example, I work for a company called song glorious and what we do is write custom songs based on the customer's personal story. So my job as an artist is to write, record, mix, and master a song within the span of three days, right? So it gets really intense. So that doesn't leave enough time to, you know, rehearse a thing that you've written. So I rely heavily on, you know, loop recording or just recording one piece at a time and putting it all together. And what I've discovered is that if you are just, you know, looping each section, right? And just recording one piece at a time, kind of like a typewriter, there can be little gaps in the recording, right? There could be a little like break where there's like no sound, things cut out. So it sounds very, you know, choppy and edited and just not natural sounding. So the solution for that is what I call getting a running start, right? So this involves you playing into the riff. And that's something that I can't stress enough. Um, play into the riff. It's just like, you know, if you're singing a song, you sing into the part that you're going to sing. Or if you're playing drums, you play into the part. Recording drums and like punching in, oh man, that's crazy. You have to be a crazy good drummer to do that, but I've seen it. It's very impressive. Anyway, I digress. So let's say that you're recording a riff at bar two to bar three, right? 
you want to be starting at bar one. You get the click going and you just start playing into that riff. Even if there is no riff before bars two and three, right? You just kind of get a feel for the rhythm. You know, a lot of times I'll just mute the guitar and just kind of and then play into the riff, whatever it's going to be. But that momentum is so helpful in just getting into the feel of things. So you're not just like starting cold on the part that you're trying to record. So not only does it help with the feeling of it all, but if you record a little bit before and a little bit after the part, it makes for a way more seamless transition when you are going to edit everything together because you've recorded a little bit before and at the end, there's not gonna be any gaps in the audio like I was talking about before. So it doesn't sound like it's really choppy. It sounds a lot more natural. So try that out. It's uh, been incredibly helpful for me and you just get a lot cleaner sounding guitar takes and uh, more natural sounding guitar takes as well. And the last thing I want to riff on today is the topic of perfectionism, right? And this is the world that I live in, unfortunately. I'm a, a raging perfectionist by nature, and it's something that I try to come to grips with every time that, that I record anything because it just shows up <laughs> unannounced. And I don't know if you've heard this whole saying of, you know, perfect is the enemy of good, but... It's true, you know? I mean, even if you look at recordings these days from a lot of contemporary pop artists, right? Everything sounds like, you know, this overly processed, uh, you know, pristinely quantized, overly tuned vocal, you know, kind of mess. And to me, it loses its emotional impact because it's stripping away the human element of things, right? So in my journey, as a songwriter and as somebody who records, uh, I'm trying my best to learn to appreciate the flaws, right? You know, if things aren't necessarily perfect, that doesn't mean that you haven't captured a vibe, right? The, the vibe, the emotion, the intent that you're going for is way more important than, you know, something that is perfect technically, right? Or something that's pristine. I mean, a lot of times, for example, when I hear modern metal bands, it, and maybe this is just, you know, very telling of my age, <laughs> but they all kind of sound the same because the production style is exactly the same. Everything is very glossy and has this sheen to it and everything sounds really big and whatnot. And, and that's cool and it works for certain bands, but when everybody is doing the exact same thing, nobody stands out. And... I don't know, maybe it's because I come from an era where heavy genre was a lot more raw and, you know, it sounded like real performances, like as if you were in the, the rehearsal space with them or at a live show. That's personally what I resonate with. I realize everybody's different and maybe I'm just a grumpy old man. But my point with that is when you're recording, you should be recording you, if that makes sense. <laughs> you should be speaking with your own musical voice. It, there's a lot to be, you know, gleaned from, you know, other bands and other genres and other production styles for sure. But there comes a point in time where you have to like stop and say like, wait, am I just trying to blatantly copy this person or am I, you know, what can I extract from this and apply it to, to what I want to do? And like, how do I make this sound like me? And for me, what I've found is that 
I need to stop worrying about being so perfect. Uh, I remember <clears throat> going back to that second album that I was talking about earlier. I was so insanely obsessed with every chug, every hit being locked up to the grid that I spent, you know, like it felt like days just cutting each single like transient that I would play on the guitar and just line it up perfectly to the grid. And as a result, listening to the mix afterwards, it just sounded awful. And you know, there were phase issues and everything like there was no separation between the guitar tracks anymore because there weren't these little imperfections that give this real human organic feel and again that differentiate each other in the mix even if it's the same guitar tone so i think those are some important things to keep in mind right like we're not robots uh, we're not meant to sound like robots and it's okay for it to not be perfectly you know uh, lined up to the grid and if you really struggle with that just like practice to your metronome and and work on getting as tight as you can so that when you go to record you naturally you know lock to the click right but yeah so there's my little rant part of the podcast um I'm keeping true to the name on this one. But I hope that all makes sense. I hope that's helpful to you. I hope you've picked up some helpful insights into recording guitars. Like before in the last episode, it's all about mindset. It's all about getting a positive momentum going. And, you know, just getting getting as much practice at home, too, plays a huge part in getting better for the studio, right? So if you don't have a computer with a DAW on it, get both. Just get GarageBand and just learn how to record. Get used to hearing yourself in the headphones. Get used to, you know, getting a running start, playing into the riff, playing single passes, and then going back and refining things, learning how to punch in and, and editing and all that sort of stuff. And like I said at the beginning, if you're new to this, if you're just trying to get into recording but you don't really know where to start and you are having trouble with just even coming up with material, grab the free checklist in the link in the description. And I'm telling you, you'll be able to churn out some results within 10 minutes. If you follow the steps and you just allow yourself to get out of your own way and just tap into that that stream of consciousness. I'm all about that, right? It's like once you hit that wave, you just ride it. <laughs> just ride that wave. So anyway, that does it for this episode. If you have any questions, drop me a comment and uh, let me know what you would like for me to talk about in future episodes, right? Like I, I love questions. I bug all my students to feed me questions all the time just because it keeps, you know, me fresh with, with being able to teach and it'll keep this podcast going. So if you want it to, then <laughs> let me know. All right. Thanks for watching or thanks for listening. Stop!